You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I, all, all I want to say, this is how I want to start it. Freaking wow. Freaking wow. 29-22, Green Bay Packers. I'm just going to say stomped out the Detroit Lions. I, I know 29-22 doesn't necessarily represent that, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to tell you, the Packers were the better team for four freaking quarters. Period. End of story. I don't know what I just watched. I got so many text messages basically just saying, what am I watching? What team is this? Valid question, because I don't know. That was amazing. For so, there, There's so many things that I want to say. But I just wanted to start off with freaking wow. That was just pure bliss. That felt, that felt good for so many reasons. N- number one, let's start with this. I didn't realize how much I disliked Lions fans. I didn't think I cared. When I heard them booing, it touched me deep to my soul. Lions fans booing their own team. I, I could have cried. It was such a beautiful sound to hear to me. I didn't realize how much, like, they have been at the top of the NFC North for roughly 38 minutes, and I despise them, and I had no idea. I have never been so happy to hear booing in my entire life. The Green Bay Packers, who, as, as far as I'm concerned, within two weeks ago was the worst team in the NFC North by many people's estimation, probably even mine, with the Bears starting to kind of step it up a little bit. And the Lions being one of the top teams, not just in the NFC North or even in the NFC, but in the NFL, the fans are out of control. And I don't even mean like rowdy or in even a bad way, just the amount of support. And I shouldn't hate a fan base for for doing this, but the way that they packed our stadium, where it felt like it was 60% Lions fans, when you looked at Detroit, it was 99.99874% Lions fans. There were two Packer fans in that freaking stadium. I watched Lions fans fill every single stadium in every single away game. They have backed this team. They have gone in so hard. They are so bought in. I I should love them for it. I should respect them for it. Apparently, I don't. They have just absolutely filled, crammed, packed that stadium. And we crushed their freaking souls. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations that has always played the Packers tough. Even when the Packers are at the top and the Lions are at the bottom, the Lions were always one of the hardest teams for the Green Bay Packers to beat. And Lions fans could not wait to watch the absolute dismantling of this team that has terrorized them for decades, for generations, bro. They couldn't wait to watch it. And we went in there and just freaking bludgeoned them, just beat them over and over and over again. And here's a little segue of another thing that made me so happy. The Packers weren't just the better team. They were the more physical team in this game. They won in the trenches. Jordan Love, for the most part, had a good amount of time. 
The the defensive front absolutely terrorized their quarterback. I saw, I don't know how many Lions get absolutely laid out by Green Bay Packers. There were multiple fights. Every single one of them was initiated, and as far as I'm concerned, won by the Packers. I saw guys getting hit out of, out of bounds by the Packers. They freaking mugged the Lions. They came in there with an attitude that said, we hate you. This, this, isn't, this isn't a football game. This isn't just some cheap rivalry where we just pretend like, oh, those Lions, we're going to get them because we're right. No, this is hatred. This felt like 2,000 Baltimore Ravens and the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers. It is hatred. And I loved every second of it. The Packers came into that game with freaking hatred in their heart for the Lions, and they were the more physical team. They were the more violent team. They were the more passionate team. They wanted it more. They, they ran faster. They played harder. They hit harder. With a decimated roster, we're looking at a defense that has Valentine, Ballantyne, Owens, and Anthony Johnson as our DBs. We're down two running backs, two tight ends. We got Malik Heath out there carrying the team, putting the team on his back. And, 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 and this is another thing that I loved. Because we talk so much about, oh, Gutekunst has failed the team and there's not enough talent. Freaking bullcrap. This is the least amount of talent that this team has had in five years. And it was one of the best performances I've seen in that exact same span. This isn't a talent issue. The team isn't lacking talent. It's lacking passion. We got a bunch of young guys that have no... You're telling me Valentine and Ballantyne is better than Jair and what we had in Razul Douglas? You're going to tell me Anthony Johnson and Jonathan Owens is better than what we had when we had Savage and Ford? I know you don't like Savage, but give me a break. Are we more or less talented without Aaron Jones? Are we better or worse without Musgrave? Come on, man. This team hasn't been missing and lacking talent. They had this in them the whole freaking time. The ability to go out and face teams like the Detroit Lions and just stand up and say, I dare you. I dare you to throw at me. I dare you to run at me. I dare you to try to man me up in coverage. I dare you to bring extra rushers. I dare you to drop more men in coverage and give me time in the pocket. Come on, man. This team has it in them. All this bull crap about we don't have enough here or there. We don't have this. We don't have that. Give me a break. Man up. How many times have we talked about, look, the, the, the Vikings have no talent. Look at their defense. The, the Lions have no talent, and look how they're playing. The Packers look like the Lions. It's like we, we don't have anything here or here or here or here or here. But guess what? They're a good football team. You know why? Because they play with heart. They play at 100% for four quarters. That's why they look the way they look. Maybe they're not going to win a Super Bowl, but they're going to beat the living crap out of you for four quarters. Damn, that was fun to watch, man. It is, it is hours and hours and hours past the, uh, past the game, and I still can't believe we won the game. And, and I understand there'll be, oh, it's, it's, it, come on now, let's not get overblown. It wasn't that big of a deal. Listen, here's the problem. We've been playing that game for how many weeks now? How many weeks have we been talking? Well, yeah, well, they have a bad defense. Yeah, well, they have a bad offense. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, da, da. The bottom line is this was supposed to be the game where we found out that it was just because of the defense. It was just because of the offense. It was just because they were bad teams. And the Lions were going to punch us in the mouth and kick the living crap out of us. And that didn't happen. The Lions were supposed to score a ton of points because our defense is only good because they've played bad teams. And that didn't really happen. Our offense 
was not supposed to score a lot of points because this is actually a good defense. That didn't happen. So I don't want to hear the yeah buts. I don't want to hear the oh, don't overreact because I've been setting the bar way too low for like four or five weeks now, just expecting a collapse. How many times have I, have I this is the whole Devontae thing. Oh, I think Devontae's peaked and he gets better the next year. I think he's peaked. He gets better the next year. I think he's peaked. He's got to start coming down at some point. He keeps getting better and better and better. That's Jordan Love. Okay, that was a decent game. Let's see if he can do that again. He gets better. Okay, that was good. We saw four quarters. Great. But is is that, Im, that, that, that implosion coming? Nope, he got better again. And then I say, okay, that was his best game. I don't care what PFF said last week. His best game, four quarters, played really well. A couple off throws, but that was solid. Can he do it again? And he had, again, in my opinion, his best game. And again, I don't care what PFF, if, if they don't give him a 70 PFF grade, I'm canceling my subscription. Because as far as I'm concerned, for the fourth week, fifth week, whatever it is, that I'm saying in this podcast, that was his best game. And this one was real good. Yeah, there were quite a few passes that were underthrown, off target, whatever. But you know what? The 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 wow throws, the, the throws that we've kind of been waiting for, I think it was somebody had called in. I forget who it was. They called in. They're like, that's the one thing that's missing. And it's like, yeah, you know, he's checked a lot of boxes, but that's sort of the next step. I saw a ton of that pressure, sidearm across his body, over here, over there, fade away, you know, and they weren't all perfect. But dude, it was, it was, it just, for the first time, for me, it felt Rodgers-esque. And I don't mean to make that sound too grandiose or whatever but all I really mean by that is I wasn't sitting there thinking Jordan's not a very good quarterback but hopefully he can kind of get us enough to win this game this one felt like no he's he's good like he is that dude in this game he's the guy that can make that sidearm throw he's not only just not a hindrance he's a massive asset now I'm not speaking into the future I don't know what's going to happen next week I don't know what's going to happen through the end of the season, we might end this year saying, I think we need a new quarterback. That's possible. It might be next year. I don't know. You know, again, Christian Watson had his window and then it kind of vanished and then everybody wanted him gone. These things are fickle. I'm just commenting on how I felt in this game. I wanted to throw the ball. I felt as comfortable as I've ever felt. This is like 2021 Rodgers where it's like, just throw the ball. He's got this. I've never felt this comfortable with Jordan Love before. I mean, he just... It, it, it didn't feel like it's felt all year where it's like, I hope this isn't embarrassing, where it just feels like these little babies just trying to find their way. And it's like, yeah, OK, just just, you know, it's kind of like those cars with that said, like, student driver, please be forgiving or whatever. That's how it felt playing football this year as a Green Bay Packers franchise. Like, hey, we're new, so go easy on us. This game didn't feel like that. And it wasn't just Jordan. We got Christian Watson. We got Romeo, we got Jaden Reed, we got Malik freaking Heath. These guys are continuing every single week to get better as a unit, I'll say. It, you know, one week it's Wicks, then the next week it's Reed, then in the next week it's, it's Watson, right? But what, I, I don't care. Every week these guys are getting better as a unit. Again, there, there was a, at least one pretty bad drop by Dobb. There was maybe two other questionable ones or whatever. Yeah, for sure. But again, you watch these other games. I'm watching, you know, C.D. Lamb drop a pass. I'm watching uh, an, an Dak throw back-to-back overthrows. I mean, Dak's having a great year. Look at Jared Goff. He said Jared Goff's one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. Look at how many. Who is the better quarterback? It's not even close. It was Jordan. 
the amount of overthrows and underthrows and bad throws and bad decisions and all that. I mean, that's that's what golf did. Come on, bro. It's kind of like I, I was saying coming into this game. I mean, I don't know what their ceiling is. In my mind, it's still kind of like second-tier guys, second-tier quarterbacks, second-tier wide receivers across the board, second-tier running backs, second-tier offensive line, and that's not a bad thing. It just means you're not David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers and Corey Lindsley and uh, Devontae Adams. Like, you're not this elite, elite, but, but you're, you're solid, you know? It's like we got Randall Cobb and TJ Lang and Richard Rodgers, and you know, like, they're, they're solid, they're fine, they're perfectly fine, Richard Rodgers probably third, fourth tier, but whatever, you get the point, you know, Eddie Lacy, again, like I said, just like, we love him, he's great, we love him, he's not a premier player, but he's fine, he's good, but they just keep taking steps forward, and I'm, I'm not going to call anybody peak Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to call anybody Devontae Adams at this point, but again, I, I just, they keep exceeding my expectations. A final thing that felt so good about this game that I'll say is exactly what I said, I think yesterday, which is somebody called in. I don't remember exactly what they said, but it, it just hit me. The fact that I'm coming into this game with no expectations. In fact, the only expectation I have is to get beat pretty handily by the Detroit Lions. But there's this exciting feeling of like, dude, what if? What if? What if we win this game? What if they come out and play? What, what if they dom? Like, it could happen. And there's like magic in that because football really is any given Sunday. Crazy stuff happens every single week. And sometimes it's crazy as in a fluke, which, you know what, it's fine. If you're a bad team and you fluke your way into beating the top dog and it's like, <laughs> fine. But there's also flukes like what you have in Denver where you suck and then all of a sudden you don't suck. We've seen that with Seattle and a bunch of other teams where you're positive they're just going to be something and then all of a sudden they take a hard right turn and there's something else. I don't know where the Packers are. I don't know if this is a fluke or if they really did take a hard turn and they are a force to be reckoned with right now. But that's what made this so unbelievably enjoyable. It's always good watching Packer games. It's always good watching Packer games and they win. It's always good watching Packer games and they win against a division rival. It's always good watching the Packers win against a division rival to in front of a national audience, you know, on Thanksgiving with your whole family there in a big, but like, it doesn't get much better than that no matter what. But in this situation, to have that magical feeling behind it of rather than like an expectation, rather than being the kings of the North and having this expectation of, man, if we freaking lose this game, I swear, coming into it going, we're going to lose. But what if we win, dude? What if we win? And then to watch it happen and to just feel the magic of it. It was such a fun game for that reason in particular. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, it checked every single possible fan box holiday with your family, national audience against a division rival. You're the better team, essentially more or less for four quarters. I know it got a little dicey a little bit in there, but probably more pessimistic Packer fanism than anything else that made it feel like the, the Lions are really about to mount a comeback. Like, no, they sucked. <laughs> they kind of sucked today. But, Look, I'm I'm feeling I'm just feeling fantastic. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, if you're curious, this is I, I didn't even say it because it's like I, I have to start right out of the gate with that was amazing. I just I all day I was thinking first words out of my mouth on this podcast have to be that was amazing because that's just exactly how I'm feeling. That encapsulates everything. That was freaking awesome. That was amazing. I'm sorry for you know the uh, we need to draft 
Marvin Harrison Jr. crowd. I mean, I, I'm sure he's going to be a good receiver, and it sucks that we're not going to get him. And yeah, we might end up losing and whatever. I, I, I'm sorry, but that was that was so much fun. That felt so good. And look, I, I said this last week. We're we're four and six, which is not terrible. If we win, we're five and six. We're sitting right at about a 500 team. Now, again, we probably lose to the Chiefs, whatever, but it's it's all gravy from there. The Lions might be the or probably the second most difficult team we're going to face for the rest of the year. We have a long time to prepare for the Chiefs. I, w- I, w- I would borderline say it's unlikely we have a losing record this year. But anyways, uh, I, I tell you what, why don't we take a break? We're going to have sort of a hybrid show today. I did not do Packard After Dark because it's already 10 o'clock at night. It's very late. I need to go to bed. I cannot record two podcasts, but I want to kind of go through some of the statistics. Uh, it's always fun to do that because there's stuff that surprises me. Um, we'll read the PFF recap, just kind of get an idea of what they saw. And then for the final segment, I want to get through a couple calls and see kind of where uh, the fan base is at. Because as usual, same routine. I do not go on social media. I don't know what the pulse of the fan base is. I'm not even entirely sure what the news is. I'm going to check that after this break just to kind of see if there's anything horrible. Somebody had a lacerated spleen or something. I have no idea. But uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Um, first of all, before we get through the statistic, I just wanted to mention, I don't know if you saw it or not, that story about the Maddens and the Stingley. Very, very cool story. Just wanted to throw that out. All right. Jordan Love. 22 of 32. 
268 yards, 8.4 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 125.5 passer rating. Longest pass was 53 yards. Amazing. Running the ball, A.J. Dillon was the main guy by a mile. He had 14 carries, 43 yards, 3.1 yards per attempt. 17 yards was his longest run. He had another couple. I mean, for the most part, the running was just useless. But he had a couple good rumbles again today. After that, Jordan Love and Patrick Taylor each had three carries. Jordan's three carries went for 39 yards. He had a really big 37-yard run. Patrick Taylor's three carries went for 11, which is 3.7 yards per attempt. Jaden Reed, again, got in the action. He had two carries, 16 yards, which is 18, uh, eight yards per carry. Zero touchdowns on the ground. Receiving most targeted was Jaden Reed. Eight targets, four receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown. 14 yards was the long. The most receptions on the day was Christian Watson. He had the second most targets with seven. Five receptions for 94 yards which was the most on the team by a lot, by uh, more than double. 13.4 yards per target, 18.8 yards per reception, one touchdown, and the longest reception was 53 yards. After that was Malik Heath, four targets, four receptions, 46 yards. Romeo Dobbs, four targets, three receptions, 37 yards. A.J. Dillon, three targets, three receptions, 38 yards. Tucker Craft, two targets, two receptions, 15 yards, and a touchdown. Because obviously... Then Patrick Taylor, one target, one reception, four yards. Ben Sims, one target, zero reception. Defensively, um, Jonathan Owens led the team in tackles. Jonathan Owens was a man on a freaking mission. My son was giving me so much crap. Every other play, Jonathan Owens was making a play, and he was like, you said he was terrible. Yeah, 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 shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. He, had a, he really did have a fantastic uh, not just because he got a touchdown on defense, but the tackle, the intensity, the violence. I mean, it was just night and day compared to last week when you basically just watched a guy run right past. Second in tackles was McDuffie. Again, I don't know what the grades are going to be. I didn't see play to play. But between Jonathan Owens and Isaiah McDuffie, I couldn't have been happier with their performances. McDuffie always makes me happy when he plays. He is a fast, physical football player, and I just always enjoy watching him play. Um, sacks. Speaking of somebody on fire, Rashawn Gary with three sacks in this game, including two forced fumbles. If we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about something that went wrong in this game, and there were plenty, there's plenty of things we can nitpick. The thing that ticked me off more than anything else was the fact that Rashawn Gary almost never played in this game. I've been saying that all year. Every other team, their superstar pass rushers almost never come off the field. Rashawn Gary is out there less than 50% of the time. And the thing that really made me upset, two and a half minutes left, and I swear it was Lucas Van Ness and Kingsley and Igbari almost the entire time. Bro, you are keeping Rashawn Gary fresh, right? For what moment? Would it maybe be the last two and a half minutes when you know the Detroit Lions are going to be passing every single down because they're down by two scores? Is that maybe an opportune time to get your best maybe best player on the entire team who's on fire today. Maybe you think you can just keep him on the field. Nope. He's he's out there for one play, and it's usually, it's like a third and two. Oh, third down. Rashawn, get out there. F you. I'm sorry, Joe. Defense did a good job. Congratulations. But F you, bro. That is the dumbest crap ever. Why are you doing that? Like, oh, he's out there for third downs. Nope. He does not come off the field for the next two and a half minutes. Give me a break. 
anyways, somehow managed three sacks and is like four freaking opportunities in this game. Drives me insane. Tackles for a loss. Jonathan Owens had one. Lucas Van Ness had one. Van Ness, don't see him very often, but uh, he ended up making the big play on that fake punt, stopping him behind the line of scrimmage, uh, preventing a uh, conversion. May have been one, if not for him. So that in and of itself was a massive play. Force fumbles is, again, Rashawn Gary had two, also had Carl Brooks with one. Jonathan Owens with a 27-yard recovery and a touchdown. And then pass deflections, not a ton, but Anthony Johnson had one and Preston Smith had one. Preston Smith is rapidly becoming one of our best uh, cover guys. Special teams, we had zero kick returns and zero punt returns, apparently, in this game. Anders Carlson was one of two on his field goals and two of three on extra points. That is becoming really unacceptable. I was basically, it might even been my fault. I was calling it the whole time. That first time he was going up for an extra point, I was like, I don't. Second time, I don't really like it. Something's going to go. And then he misses the extra point. It's like, I freaking knew. I I just could feel it in my bones. He was going to miss one. On the exact opposite side of that, Daniel Whelan, Whelan Jennings, whatever his name. That dude, holy crap. Four punts, 152 yards, 38-yard average. All four pinned inside the 20. I'm not positive that all four weren't pinned inside the 10. I know for a fact three of them were. I don't, I don't remember the four. But four out of four pinned inside the 20-yard line. Three of four at least were pinned inside the 10 because I know for a fact one of them was down at the two-yard line. I remember that play. And then there were back-to-back punts that were at the ex- that were at the nine-yard line. So that dude was having a heck of a day. Couple team statistics here: uh, the Lions ran they, they won time of possession. They ran like twenty-four more plays. They had a hundred more offensive yards. They had less penalty uh, yards. I mean, we both had seven penalties. They had less yards. Story of the game, though: turnover. I mean. <laughs> They had 464 yards compared to our 333, but uh, when there's three turnovers in the game, all on the Lions and all of them recovered by the Packers, that makes the difference. Jordan Love, 68.8% completion percentage, which is ahead of Jared Goff, 65.9. Lions had more passing yards. Sack percentage, Jordan Love, 0%. Jared Goff, 6.4%, three sacks in this game. Um, team yards per carry, uh, the Packers had five yards per carry. Thanks to Jaden Reed and Jordan the Lions, 4.5. So the Packers did outrush the Lions, not total, but as a yards per carry metric, Lions had significantly more first downs, 25 to 17 third down conversions. They had 47% to our 46%. So they edged us out a little bit. Fourth down conversions, we were 0 for 1. They were 1 for 5. That was another area that we did really, really well is, is getting them off the field on fourth downs. Third down, not as... Uh, no, we already did third down. Red zone, uh, both teams were 3 of 4, 75%. Pass deflections, only 3 in the game. We had 2, they had 1. And that's about it. That's all that really matters to me. Then, uh, real quick, the PFF recap here. It says the Packers marched right down the field on their opening drive, scoring on a 10-yard pass from Jordan Love to rookie receiver Jaden Reed. That pass just broke my brain. I watched that replay seven times. I still don't know exactly what happened. Anyways, I kind of just do a recap. But offensive spotlight says Jordan Love is in the middle of the best stretch of his career, and today might have been his best game yet. 
Love's ability to make every throw was on display early and often with the 2020 first round draft pick going 22 for 32. We know the stats. He also added 39 yards and three carries. On the other side of the field, two first half fumbles from Jared Goff were critical to the Lions offensive failures. They did get the ball moving in the second half with Goff finishing the game 29 of 44 for 332, but damage was done in the first quarter. Defensive spotlight, Rashawn Gary was devastating off the edge for the Packers this afternoon, making multiple game-defining plays. He was the player that sacked off in the first uh, quarter before Jonathan Owens' fumble returned for a touchdown, and he added another two sacks later in the game, including one that shut down the Lions' fourth-quarter attempt. Rookie spotlight. He said it was a big day for Christian Watson in the passing game, but rookie Jaden Reed looked very good, too. He led the team with eight targets, turning them into four catches for 34 yards in the game's opening touchdown. He also added 16-yard run and recovered an onside kick that sealed the game. By the way, just so we're clear, this is not a Packers recap. This is offensive spotlight for the game, defensive spotlight for the game, and rookie spotlight for the game. This could have been anybody on the Detroit Lions, but nobody on the Lions made the list. Jordan Love was the offensive highlight. Rashawn Gary was the defensive highlight. Jaden Reed was the rookie highlight. And I think that might be second week in a row, at least, that Jaden Reed has been the best rookie on the field. So, um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Again, just an awesome, awesome freaking day. Talent is there. Rashawn Gary's a beast. The receivers are looking solid. Jordan is getting better every single. And and we're talking, we're not talking uh, Bill Murray baby steps. These are massive leaps. I mean, he went from like. This guy is, I mean, to have to come on this show and say, I, I really hate to be the guy to break the bad news to you because I know nobody wants to hear it and nobody wants to listen and nobody wants to believe it. This guy is a bottom five quarterback right now. To go from that to where we are now, and I'm not going to say top five, I'm not saying that, but clearly in the we have a quarterback category. At this point, it's all about sustain. Yes, it would be nice to see a couple better passes here and that's every quarterback, but yeah, sure. I don't need better than this to say that he's the guy. I would love better than this. I'm hoping for better than this. But I don't need to see anything more from Jordan Love to say he's the guy. I just need you to do it next week and the week after that and the week after that. Consistency is the only thing that I personally am missing. And not to say he hasn't been consistent. I'm just saying it's going to take more than three games, four games, whatever it is to be like the guy for a franchise. This is this is over the course of multiple years. So time will tell, but I'm freaking fired up. Because again, that I we and, and say what you want about while well, the Lions defense is this, that, or the other, it's not a bad defense. It is not a defense that anybody can just willy-nilly score 29 points on. And it is not an offense, you know, while they've been stumbling a little bit, so they suck and the defense shouldn't get any credit. Bullcrap. The team as a whole did their job. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, across the board. Top five NFL team in Detroit. Packers on the road, by the way, have been garbage, which is another reason why I had such low expectations. Detroit, we never play them well. Unbelievably low expectations. We already got eviscerated by Detroit. Unbelievably low expectations. And um, they came in and did that, so... Again, I don't know where everybody else is at, but I am feeling good. Why don't we take our final break? We'll come back and uh, take a few calls, and then I'm going to bed. I'm going to freaking go into a coma, and I will talk to you probably right before the Chiefs game. <laughs> I'll wake up, find out where we're at. 
what happened over the last week, and uh, we'll we'll cover the cheat. It's a joke. Not a funny one, but like one that you say when you're just not being serious. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I don't usually start with calls prior to the game. I probably shouldn't hear either, but there's just a couple of them, and it's Thanksgiving, and, um, you know, I just, we'll, we'll, we'll play them. Hey, Ryan. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah. This is Brian from Georgia. And boy, has this been a roller coaster ride of emotions and expectations this season. Right. After the first two weeks, I'm thinking, okay, love might be, uh, ceiling might be top five in the NFC, which you can consistently compete at, I think. And, uh, they get three picks in the top 50. So you're looking at an offensive lineman, another pass catcher, hopefully wide receiver one and a running back. I'm, I wasn't sold on Watson or am I still not, I'm still not sold on Watson. Hands and routes are not great. And at the time availability, which to me was the most important, you need your top player to play more than 10 or 11 games. But anyway, they look pretty promising. And, uh, but after the Broncos game, thinking, oh, we still need uh, offensive line, but now we need multiple offensive linemen, need a pass catcher, need a running back, and maybe now need a quarterback. And the worst part about it, as a Packer fan, I was happy to see the Bears won that week, and I was pulling for the Vikings to beat the 49ers. And that's certainly, as a Packer fan, not where you want to be very long. Now, after the Chargers game, we go back to, well, maybe Love can get up to the top five in the NFC. And, uh, you know, they still need multiple offensive linemen, but the pass catchers look like they're coming along. So it's looking promising. So now we have the Detroit game, and with all these injuries, I just, if they keep it within two touchdowns, I think that would be a good accomplishment. (laughs) And hopefully they can continue to improve on offense. The defense I'm kind of giving up with, I I don't think they have a shot at. Uh, being very good this year. Um, however, I do think they have a chance to beat the Chiefs as long as they water Lambeau Field down and it becomes a slip and slide for the, for the Chiefs. So hopefully they play well today, but uh, not not uh, looking forward to um, all these injuries and, and having them, you know, not be able to compete. Anyway, get your thoughts. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing that I would take from that is, and, and I keep forgetting to do it, the pregame expectations. Because I think if people were honest, if we took most of the more negative fans, and I don't know how many there are, but let's just say there's a pile of people saying, yeah, but. Here's the problem with the yeah, but crowd. And and, and I could be wrong, and I'm not trying to speak for everybody, but I, I think that there would be a significant amount of people that would look at this game and say it doesn't count or it shouldn't be this or that or the other. They're the exact same people that if I were to ask them prior to the game what they think the score would be, it would be the exact same answer that we just got from Brian, which is if they can keep it within two scores, I'll be impressed. So you can't come into this game saying you're going to get the living crap beat out of them. Our offense is not going to be able to score against this defense. Our our uh, defense is not going to be able to stop their offense. We're a soft football team. We're an injured football team. They're better in every single phase. 
and then watch us do what we did to them and then try to come up with some excuse. Nope, you can't do that. You cannot come into this with the expectation we're going to lose by more than two scores and then watch the team win and say, nope, doesn't count. Nope, that doesn't work. If they exceed your expectations to that extent and you weren't putting that caveat in before, if, if you didn't come into this saying, I think we win because the Lions are actually that bad, even though you know they're a top five team, even though it's in Detroit, even though I have all these negative opinions of the Packers and, and all this stuff, even though I still think we're going to win, if that's not what you were saying, then there really should be at least some credit. Caveats, fine. But you have to give them credit for what they did today. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there for anybody that is pulling the yeah butts because I know they're out there. Daddy! Hey, Snacks! Happy Thanksgiving, my good man. Happy Thanksgiving, dude. Ah, I like the point... By the way, we're still pregame. This is 9.55. You made about, hey, if we're going to get out the injuries and whatever else. Prostrated kidney. I mean, <laughs> how much does that have to hurt? Oh, yeah, Um. Yeah, get it out, I guess, in a year where it's not really going to amount to anything, I guess, in the end. Um, that actually is a really good point, and I agree with that. Um, I'm glad you said that because I thought it was a stupid point. I thought what I said was really dumb, but I'm glad you liked it. As I'm driving back from the grocery store after picking up a couple of late items, I'm thinking about a few things. I'm not really in the business of predictions, but right. uh, what the hell? Let's do it. I think uh, today... We get a special teams or defensive touchdown. What do you think about that? Oh, oh, oh look at this guy. I think we're going to pull one of those off. I think. Uh, Nailed it. That's one. I think Love is going to throw a touchdown pass of That's... over 50 yards. Uh, I don't think that happened. And I think, man, it's really hard for me to say. I'm going to give him half credit. And maybe there was one. I don't think so. Because he did throw a pass for over 50 yards, and he threw multiple touchdown passes. So I'm going to give you half credit for that. So you're one and a half out of two. The Packers are going to win, but whatever. It's Thanksgiving. I'm feeling festive, and we're going in there. So I think the Packers pull it out, man. 30 to 20. 30 to 22. How about that? Give it a shot. What? Anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving, man. I hope you enjoy having a day. Thirty to twenty-two snaps. And let's uh, let's try and get lucky today. All right, man. See you, dude. Anders Carlson is a piece of crap, man. He screwed you, dude. You came into this saying defensive touchdown, fifty-yard plus touchdown from Jordan, which again I'm giving you half credit for. Maybe that's a full credit, but I don't think there was one. And then you predicted thirty to twenty-two, and the score was twenty-nine to twenty-two. Snacks. We should end the show right now. Not just because I'm really tired and want to go to bed. I mean, that's dang. That's impressive. That's that's, that's good, man. Jersey Mike, I I'm sorry. You got to follow that one. That's rough. Uh, this is 11:28, so we're just about to get into this here. Hey Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Hey. So uh, it's two minutes before the game starts. I'm uh, just calling in to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I wanted to say I'm I'm real thankful for the Packernet podcast and Packernet After Dark community. Um, it, it's nice to be able to call in and hear everybody's thoughts and hear your thoughts. And and this is just uh, yeah, this is 
This is a good game to uh, to talk about that because I'll be thankful if we win. Um, I'm not expecting a win, but it, it would be real awesome. It'd be a Thanksgiving miracle if we did. Right. Um, so, yeah, everybody enjoy your turkey day. I hope you get fat and full. And uh, go Pack Go. I'll uh, sure to hit you during the game. Peace. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, 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 uh, I punished myself on Thanksgiving. This was bad. Like, this was over the top. Uh, I mean, it, it would, listen, I did one reasonable plate of food. We did have turkey, by the way. There was ham and turkey. So I, I had like one slice of ham, like, you know, the thick cut or whatever. Two little slices of, of turkey breast. I'm, I'm laying this out so it doesn't feel so bad. I had a, a small helping of mashed potatoes, a little bit of mac and cheese that I made, which was good. Couple rolls, you know, whatever. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was a normal little helping. The problem is, so I, I did go up for seconds. I got a little bit more mac and cheese and another roll, right? Whatever. So then we go watch the football game. We go finish the rest of the football game, let the food digest. Then I went back for dessert. And you got to understand, there were not that many people there. There were seven desserts, I think, technically. There might have been like eight because there's two like fruit salad kind of things that were basically desserts, but, you know, whatever. Um, Dude, that dessert plate, I, I've never, ever in my life, like I, I was trying as hard as I could. It was like a personal challenge. To finish it. And I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I filled the plate. I put a little bit, you know, I was like cutting the pie slices in half because I'm trying to be like somewhat responsible here. But the plate was full, full of desserts. And my wife actually took a picture like, no way you're eating. And I'm like, that ain't going to be no big problem. I got this. There was a slice of pumpkin pie left. And I was, you know, I felt like a competitive eater. Like, I'm, I, I've got to do this. Like, I thought I was going to black out. And I couldn't do it. I've never had that happen in my life where it's like, I'm like bent over the counter. I'm huffing and puffing. I'm like, my wife's asking me like, do you have the keys? I'm like, listen to me. You can't talk to me right now. Okay. I'm sorry. You can't talk to me. I need all of my mental focus right now to go into this pumpkin pie. I can't ask. I can't answer your freaking questions. Okay. My keys in my pocket. Just start digging around. Don't talk to me right now. Okay. I'm dying. I got sweat pouring down my face. Like, I, I I, need to focus here. And I finally just broke, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. And my wife was happy that I did that, and that ticked me off and made me want to eat the rest of it. <laughs> it's like, she's like, good job. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to... Dude, it was, it was brutal, man. At, uh, I'm blaming my mac and cheese because that was kind of heavy, but um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I've never had that happen before. A little bit disappointed in myself, but uh, no, it was, it was good. Great food. The kids all made their own thing, which was cool. I decided instead of me making like three things, I had the kids pick a recipe, and they were they were very tailored to like their specific style and taste. Like my daughter made like the dirt cake with like the pudding and the crumbled cookies and the worms and stuff. That was delicious. My son, kind of a picky eater, but he loves peanut butter, so we made these Buckeyes, which is just giant balls of peanut butter wrapped in chocolate. Um so they all brought their own stuff, and I brought my stuff, and it was a good time. Good time, good food, and currently at 11 o'clock at night, my stomach has stopped hurting. Um, I'm still very full, but it's not like I don't feel like I want to die anymore. So that's fantastic, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, size number one. Message of that. I mean, that was, that was perfect. 
Let's go, Watson, going up and high-pointing the ball. That's what I've been wanting. Jaden Reed pulling that ball in, almost bounced off his chest, but he pulled that sucker in. Jordan Love, <laughs> keep doing it. Oh. Look, I can't give you for the underthrow, but but let's not let's not get picks. Anyway, go, Pat, go. I love it because I feel like I'm reliving it, you know? So that's the worst part about a loss is I have to relive it. But just hearing the excitement in his voice, that's how it felt when watching that. Like it was it was 50%. Wait, I'm sorry, what's going on right now? And 50% just like pure, unadulterated, just let's go. Like that was freaking awesome. And I'm still in that mode. Like that was awesome, but also I still feel like that didn't happen. You know how sometimes when something crazy happens like that, you re-remember it and it feels fake and you're like, oh, dude. We won the game. Like you just, you like just randomly, like just keep remembering that, and it's just awesome every single time. Uh, Eleven forty-three. We got more snacks. Hey, snacks right off the gate, baby. Let's go. Yes, sacks right off the gate. Uh, Google, being a pervert, uh, translated this sex right off the gate, baby. Let's go. So, freaking calm down, Google. Hey, it's Jersey Mike. I'll be the first to say that first defensive drive, it it it, it ended in a uh, a touchdown for Detroit. But let me let me say something. I like how they were playing defense. Yeah. Let these guys go out there and be able to make the plays. For the most part, I believe we put them in the right positions. Joe Barry, so far in this game, I like how we're stopping the run. I like how we're forcing them to to have to be better than us on on in the pass. And you know what? I'll take it. The only time I didn't like the play call was to uh, was that zone play where Laporta got it over Quay's head. I, I think that was a, a little misconstrued. I'd like to see Quay on Laporta more. That I think that's the matchup. Put McDuffie on the running back. Anyway, go Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, again, it, there's certainly some nitpicky things that we could talk about, but I think just the energy and intensity from everybody, offense, defense, special teams, really made me happy. I like the way that the defense played. I can't necessarily speak schematics because um, I wasn't. I just I wasn't really paying attention. I mean, there were a couple instances where you where you kind of look for it. You know, I know there was like a fourth down or a third down conversion where it was like I think it was like a fourth and one or a third and one. And of course, our guys are like ten yards off, and I'm just like here we fr-, you know every freaking time. Um, you know, things like that occasionally that you notice, but. Leaving the schematics aside, whether whether the play calling was good, great, or terrible, I don't know. I love the way that they played. I love the results. Not not all the time. The third down conversions drive me nuts. But you know, it's it's like somebody called in before. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting who said what, but kind of said as a negative. One of the things about the defense is it feels like the defense only seems to be good when we have guys that just like overcome. You know, it's not just like the defense as a unit is really good and and whatever. It's just like, we need guys to make play, And that's what we had today. Rashawn Gary, three sacks and two forced fumbles. The defense with three recoveries and a TD. And again, just the physicality, just the downhill. You know, I, 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 I've definitely noticed an uptick in their ability to stop the run. I think it's probably an emphasis, and that might end up being more of a negative. But it just sort of gives them more of a physical presence, you know? I think, I think it's the fast way to lose in the NFL because you give up the passes, but they have felt more physical in my mind the last couple of weeks, like a, a more dominant front, a more just screw you kind of feel to them. And again, the results are ultimately what matters. We, we can yeah, but it to death. And I'm sure a lot of it, most of it is valid. But when week after week after week, you get the results you want, 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to still nitpick the things that annoy me, but I will give them the full credit that is due for the performance that was there. And I, I actually thought it was cool. They showed Barry like 90 times in this game and I saw him drop like 17 F-bombs throughout like, every time the camera's on him. Whether he's happy or angry, he was dropping them like crazy. Hey, it's Jimmy. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. you I just wanted to call in in case the, my last message gets lost in the shuffle, because it probably will, I'm guessing. But I did That's let the right. record show predict that this would be Tucker Kraft's breakout game uh, where he came out on national television as a weapon for us. And he just scored a first touchdown. So, uh, so far, first impressions, first quarter. Holy crap, Watson is locked in. Yeah. Love is locked in. Our yeah. offense looks tight. So, can the defense do it? All banged up? Who knows? As my son said, and I think he was right, if the Packers lose, it's going to be a very close game. They're clearly in it to win, or to fight at least, and hopefully win. Go back, go. I, I think even early on, I remember thinking, like, after those first two drives for a touchdown from the offense, I remember thinking, even if we lose, like, 45-35, but it's a shootout, I'm going to be happy. Just just knowing that this is an offense that can get into a shootout would just make me happy. I mean, obviously, it would be disappointing and sad or whatever, and the defense you wouldn't feel great about, but, like, I, I just, I don't think this team the entire year has really been the kind of team that's built for a shootout, like, at all. They're, they're really... uh they really struggle with that level of consistency. You know, you need four quarters. You need to be able to drive down and score like almost every single time if we're talking a legit shootout. And I just don't think they're built for that. And in this game, it's like, let's go. Just just freaking blow for blow, man. You ever see those like boxing uh, boxing matches where it's just there's really no defense. It's just pop, pop, pop back and forth. Usually like the super heavyweights, probably a street fight or something. I don't know, but it's just, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. You're going to hit me as hard as you can. And we're just going to go back and forth trying to knock each other out. It just felt like the offense was ready for that. Like, let's go. And I love that. Because, I mean, listen, that's the Packers' DNA. At the end of the day, the Packers are not a defensive team. I don't even know what that means. I just know it's a thing. There is something built in the fabric of a franchise. Whether you're the Vikings or the Bears or the Packers, the Packers are and always will be an offensive team. Now, yes, the defense will arrive. I mean, it, it, it will rise and fall. And when it rises, you got to be ready to get that Super Bowl because that you know it's like a freaking solar eclipse, man. When it shows up, you got to be ready. But this this is the Packers. At the end of the day, the Packers are a team where if you truly are a good Packers team, you're the kind of team that's like, I hope you score. Let's go. Do you know how many years as as a Packer fan, especially during the Aaron Rodgers era, I wanted so desperately for it to be a shootout? Because it was it was almost like you were stepping into our trap. Like, if, if you're the kind of team that's going to make this a 14-13 game, we're screwed. You want to go blow for blow with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and the rest of the crew? Dude, we're going to smoke you. Like, let's go. This is, this is what we do, dude. I'm ready. You're not, but I'm ready for this. And it just, it just felt like it, you know? It just felt like if, if that's where they wanted to take it, we were going to win the game. And for some reason, Detroit was so dumb today. Like, again, not trying to take away from the Packers, and they did make some mistakes. I don't understand from a game management standpoint what they were doing. They constantly were running the ball, which was not super effective. They were actually passing the ball kind of well. I understand they were terrified of Rashawn Gary. But it's like they're down by like three scores, running the ball the whole game. They just, they, they, they didn't want that smoke, man. 
Like, come on, let's get into a shootout. Like, no, we're going to run it. Like, come on, man, let's run up the score. Nope, not doing it. Not playing that game. Not with Jordan Love, man. I'm not doing it. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Joe, the janitor hey, Joe. from Connecticut. Sorry, uh, well, first off, I want to say happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, too. To you and your family and the rest of the Packer family. Um, it's game day. Uh, and we are actually currently playing. Just scored our second touchdown. Um, I think there's some at like 73 yards already. So anyone uh, who, uh, you know, talked a lot of smack, especially on Twitter, it was pretty sad. But, you know, hope, hopefully uh, can, Christian Watson continues uh, to get better. And that, that was my whole thing with, like, just don't get carried away with, like, the negative talk. Because it's not going to, it's going to take one game. I think I just said that about Christian Watson. This could, he could have his big breakout game and, and get a bunch of touchdowns and yard, whatever the case may be. And just, you know, if, if that's all it takes to essentially nullify, and I, you know, depending on what you're saying, but the people that are just straight up trashing people and, you know, we need to cut him and he's useless and this, that, or the other. I mean, it just, it just takes away from a game like this. Can you even cheer for the guy? I don't mind being, you know, critical of what has been happening. But again, if one good game can nullify what you've been doing, don't do it. Stop doing that. People say some dumb stuff sometimes. We do remember he was a little injured, uh, you know, this season. So anyway, uh, exciting game. And and by the way, and I, I don't, I probably shouldn't even step into this realm, but as the Christian Watson defender, who has been very simply saying, if there were accurate balls thrown at any point in time, he'd be okay. Have we noticed? How Christian Watson has gotten better two weeks in a row once Jordan Love has gotten better? Have we noticed how when Christian Watson threw that pass that I've been begging for, that touchdown pass, throw it past him to where only he can get it so he doesn't have to try to dive backwards and try to reach through another human being to catch? If you put it there, you get a touchdown. There there were like two other passes that were not super accurate to Christian Watson. He didn't catch them, right? But then there were accurate passes and he caught them. I feel like this is been like the thing the whole time just saying i assume that it's going to be a back and forth uh that's what it looks like um because uh if our offense can continue to play this way jordan love looks on point the play calling looks on point we just need uh our defense to step up and i don't think that's going to happen um hopefully joe barry doesn't blow this one for us um a lot of young players there but it's joe barry for president show him (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously, we got a lot to get through. There's a lot of calls, and I'm happy about it. I'm glad that we all get to celebrate together. We got a ton of, uh, like, we got three snacks calls in a row, and I'm going to feel obligated to keep rocking them. But uh, I think we're just going to end it there. We're pushing up on an hour, and I'm getting real tired. It's getting close to midnight. So I got to go to bed, man. I got to sleep this one off. But I'm looking forward to getting through some of these calls and uh, celebrating this win with you guys. And, um, Yeah, anyways, I'll leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. Enjoy your Victory Friday. Have fun doing your Black Friday shopping or whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.